you are tuned in to the Foul Weather Podcast, the forecast to your next successful hunt. Coming to you from the home office, Jack's Reef, New York. Okay, folks, it's time for our first of two foul weather seasonal forecasts where we break down the factors affecting the coming fall and winter weather that determines duck migration throughout the central Mississippi and Atlantic flyways. I'm Dr. Mike, and I can be reached at drmike at foulweather.co. Remember to follow the Foul Weather Podcast for free on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In today's episode, we demystify all of the different forecasts you've heard and seen regarding the upcoming winter weather. At Foul Weather, we compile all of the best information on long-term winter weather and provide a synthesis or summary of that information here. Okay, so first and foremost, we are entering an El Nino winter, which is based on equatorial ocean temperatures in the Pacific. So why don't we hear about El Nino much in the summer? Well, summer temperatures are largely driven, heavily driven by heating from the sun, whereas the sun has much less influence in the winter, from fall into winter, and then the temperature of oceans take over in the northern hemisphere, and in general, El Nino means that sea surface temperatures are warmer than normal in the equatorial Pacific. A typical El Nino pattern is for a warm upper Midwest and prairies, wet southern latitudes, and some dry spots in mid-latitudes of the Mississippi and Ohio River drainages. However, these patterns can really be disrupted by many factors and really aren't a 100% guarantee. And El Nino just suggests that they are more likely to occur. Remember that effects of El Nino are strongly modified by the Arctic Oscillation Index, which we only can predict about seven days out. A negative Arctic Oscillation Index can cause conditions that are cold enough to increase likelihood of snow, so the WSI can hit values that cause migration during a negative AO or Arctic Oscillation Index. In the positive phase of the Arctic Oscillation Index, atmospheric pressure or the high and low pressure systems between the Arctic and mid-latitudes are similar, and cold air tends to stay north as the jet stream moves strongly from west to east rather than allowing cold air to move north to south into the mid-continent in eastern United States. Okay, so weather can be variable, as I stated, under an El Nino event, but this year does look to be a moderate or strong El Nino. An index of 1.0 to 1.5 is a moderate El Nino, and 1.5 to 1.2 is strong. You've also, at this point, likely heard of a super El Nino, but at this time, it doesn't look like we'll really hit that 2.0 index point uh, that would really cause a super El Nino or extremely warm Pacific Ocean temperatures affecting um, North America throughout winter. It does look like a 50-50 chance, though, between a moderate and strong El Nino. Um, and this really matters because the winter since 1950 with a strong El Nino are typically very mild across the eastern U.S., And as the planet warms, the more recent years with strong El Ninos, winters 82-83, 97-98, and most recently 2015-2016, were especially mild temperatures from December through February. 
These warm temperatures were especially pronounced in the prairies and Great Lakes region under a strong El Nino. So if we go into December with a prediction of an El Nino index of 1.5 or greater for the rest of winter, then the likelihood of temperatures that would make strong pushes of ducks south is greatly reduced. But if we're in a moderate El Nino that's between 1 and 1.5 on the index, there remains a good chance for cold weather in December and January. In fact, since 1950, about 50% of those moderate El Nino winters have been colder than normal across much of the U.S. 10% were near normal, and 40% were typically warmer than normal at northern latitudes. Of note, the southern swath or southern tier of states under a moderate El Nino are often near normal temperatures or below normal temperatures during these conditions. Nearly all El Nino winters also tend to be wetter than normal at southern latitudes, producing really wonderful habitat for ducks to send them back north strong, but also possibly making it difficult to find them because they spread out on the landscape where there's abundant water and food for loafing sites and feeding opportunities. Right? A fat duck has no need to fly around during winter. It's just risky. But more on that in upcoming episodes. Again, the Arctic Oscillation modifies the El Nino effects. But what affects the AO, or Arctic Oscillation? The AO, or difference in atmospheric pressure, or difference between high and low pressure systems between the Arctic and mid-latitudes, is set in motion by snowfall in October in Siberia. Snowfall in Siberia is affected by how open the Arctic is, or how much or how little sea ice is co covering the water in the Arctic Circle next to Siberia. Just like the Great Lakes region that get lake effect snow when it's cold enough and the lakes are still free of ice, Siberia can get October snow cover when the seas nearby are not ice covered. So on to Arctic sea ice. Right now, we're just about at the Arctic sea ice minimum, or the melt throughout the summer has decreased sea ice to the lowest that it will be in 2023. And 2023 right now is on track to be well below the long-term average in ice cover, which has been kept by satellite records since 1980. Most of the recent years with a warming planet have been well below the long-term average for ice cover, with 2012 as the record lowest and every year since 2006 well below the average ice cover. Okay, so this means there's greater potential for snowfall, but ice growth from now through October in the next month is highly variable. And so we'll have to wait and see what ice and Siberia snow cover do throughout the month of October. So while many of our northern duck hunters will have seasons well underway, at the beginning of November, we'll be able to provide the foul weather seasonal forecast part two episode because, because at that point we'll have some additional information on Siberia snow cover in October. If we get greater than normal snow cover in advance of snow cover throughout Siberia in October, it's more likely that we'll end up with a negative Arctic Oscillation Index, polar vortex disruptions, and cold outbreaks into the U.S. throughout December and January. Most of this cold outbreak would be likely to occur in the upper Midwest and Northeast U.S. if it occurs and really send ducks south in mass over short periods of time. All right, that's a lot of information. Folks are like, cut to the chase, Dr. Mike. 
what will duck migration be like this year compared to the past? Some people are like, I heard from the Farmer's Almanac that the Northeast U.S. was going to be cold and snowy. Okay, so <laughs> that just makes me laugh a little. Uh, because it does say, uh, yeah, it's going to be cold and snowy. It doesn't say the Northeast U.S. will be colder and snowier than normal. And so, duh. I mean, of course the Northeast U.S. is going to be cold and snowy. It always is. You don't put away your shovel in December. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be cold at some point, right? So why we don't use the Farmer's Almanac, um, it's like voodoo, right? And they say things like, it's going to be cold and snowy in places that are always cold and snowy. They don't make real predictions like what we're doing here and telling you, is it going to be colder than normal? warmer than normal? Is there going to be more flooding than normal? Things that really affect duck migration when they show up in front of your duck blind or if they show up in front of your duck blind and in what numbers, what intensity, how much do they need to feed based on how cold it is. All these details that are really, really important um, to a duck hunter. So what is the forecast then? Right now under a 50-50 chance of a moderate or strong El Nino and only about a third of those moderate and strong El Ninos having been colder than normal, plus only one of those cold years having happened in recent years, it's just simply warmer on this planet, my bet is for an overall milder winter temperature-wise compared to normal. I do think we have opportunity in the eastern Great Lakes region for substantial snow in November and December, but then subsequent thaws that would produce a lot of habitat and potentially hold ducks north from flooding. In the Midwest, it looks to be warm and dry, which may concentrate ducks and make hunting a bit better, but it also creates less habitat, and these ducks may move east and west in search of food. Remember this, southern folks. When they run out of food at northern latitudes, they don't have to go south. They tend to actually move east and west along the freeze line, because at the end of the day, at the end of winter, they're just going back north anyway. So going south doesn't tend to make sense. They tend to move east-west along rivers uh, to find food. So my sense is in that dry area, um, in the kind of Ohio River Valley and, and Mississippi uh, River at mid-latitudes, that you might find ducks as, as we go through winter if it stays mild moving east and west up rivers in search of food. So those of you on tributaries east and west of the Ohio and the Mississippi might really start looking for ducks, you know, late December, January-ish. In the U.S. prairies, I'd expect a strongly delayed southern flight because it looks to stay warm. And there's a good amount of water right now from summer events, as well as holdover water from winter snow in a lot of locales. As ducks move into southern tier states, I expect wetter conditions than normal with ducks spreading out on the landscape. What does that mean for the breadbasket of duck hunting in the south? To me, it means that if you think you're going to sit against the same old oak tree that you've leaned against for the past 20 years and wait for ducks to show up at your boots in front of you, you may have a rough season. For those that are mobile and chase ducks on public and private lands, you're likely to have great success, but scouting is going to be super key this year for you. So that's it, folks. The foul weather seasonal forecast part one. There continue to be a lot of unknowns and much to develop in the global atmosphere regarding weather this winter that will really affect 
duck migration. Follow us for free and listen to the Foul Weather Podcast for weekly updates on duck migration. Each Monday, we provide a deep dive into duck hunting, duck conservation, duck biology, and duck migration. We provide the seven-day duck migration forecast that helps you maximize your days of field. Think of it this way. The Foul Weather Podcast is the forecast to your next great hunt. Again, send questions to Dr. Mike at foulweather.co to be featured on future episodes. Remember to look for the Foul Weather Seasonal Forecast Part 2 episode in early November. Until then, the Foul Weather Podcast will drop each Sunday night and provide you with the week's duck migration forecast. Thanks everybody for listening. May your skies be filled and shoot straight, my friends. <laughs>